All right, guys, here we are. Yep. Back another weekend for a sermon recap. Yep. I hope the people don't see all the foolishness that goes on around this table before we actually start recording. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't or I hope Michael's not recording. <laughs> we don't record that part. He didn't get all of it, at least. Lots of foolishness, but we hope to land at a good place to uh, it's talk go about in, this weekend. It's going to go into one big, large uh, <laughs> file at some point in time. Blooper reel. Oh, That's Lord. a good idea. <laughs> Worried about that. Good weekend. Had a good bunch here and uh, yeah. good worship, good spirit, and uh, a lot of good feedback already from uh, the weekend. So yeah. it's really, really good. Closed out the uh, ID series this weekend, kind of wrapped that up over the last uh, over the last four weeks. Once again, another incredible job, incredible message. Uh, man, just uh, man, just a, feels like it has been, and, and a lot of the feedback that I've heard, man, just uh, people being encouraged being uh, to be able to how to have some of these conversations around yeah. around identity. Um, uh, I think you even made the comment to you uh, to me that you were surprised about the number of people who have this you know this struggle in their family and some yeah. sort of dynamic. Um, yeah. And so, uh, seems timely. Seems some, like something that's been helpful uh, to people as well. And that's and I think that's been kind of the heart behind it is that wanted it to be helpful to be able to have people to have productive, healthy mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. It has indeed. That's the thing that uh, has surprised me the most about this series was people coming to me saying, "I deal with this." Mm-hmm on a regular basis or somebody in my family is struggling with this or dealing with it. And it's really helped people. It's helped people in a couple of ways. Uh, people have told me this helped me to actually stand up mm-hmm. and be courageous to speak what I believe about the issue, which is important. Yeah. And then others have said this has really helped me to, to minister to this with grace and to not come in with, a, with an attitude or with mm-hmm. guns blazing. It's helped me to see the attack of the enemy on their lives and Love the individual. Yeah. You know, we got to love the person, but we got to be ruthless with the enemy, the real enemy. Yeah. The Satan and demons, you know, we're, we're ruthless with them, but with people, we show grace. I was talking to a guy this weekend uh, around this around this idea, and he said, "You know, sometimes it's just so hard about to know where that where that line is and, and how to and how to walk it out." Um, but he talked about also about how this is. You know, I think it's part of what the series has been is being able to help people to have the courage and the grace at the same time to be able to have conversations well, but to do so with the right heart and the right mm-hmm. spirit, where you are mm-hmm. able to, you know see the situation for what it is and also see the individual for who they really are, um, mm-hmm. which has been great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's helped people. I really am. Yeah. yeah. I think it's been really good for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I feel like a lot of it has been, maybe not even aimed at parents. This week for sure was aimed at parents. I feel like there was a lot of, hey, don't mess your kids up, parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But a, a lot of it was really just a reminder to me of really one of the things I feel like God's called me to the most is to be a good dad. Um, so the series for me in that aspect has been huge just to really elevate that uh, in my own life, but also to, to remind our church, I think, that parenting's a powerful thing. really is. One of our highest callings in yeah. life to be a parent. God stopped me at the gym this morning, and he said, I used part of the message from the weekend. I said, really, what? He said, well, I was playing with my son, and uh, his son had just said something, spoke something over himself hmm. that really was negative, and the dad told him, said, don't say that about yourself. That's not you. That's a mistake or it's something everybody deals with, but that's not you. And it was a fairly minor thing, but it was uh, it was good to hear that someone yeah. took it and applied it. That's yeah. always good to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So this week we kind of we went back to uh, uh, Jacob and Esau and uh, and their and their story and uh, really talked uh, about the role that parents have in helping to shape uh, the identities of their children. And you even just mentioned it about the words that we that we speak over uh, over individuals, but specifically as it relates to our kids. And uh, you had used the uh, the illustration about being accident prone. Uh, yeah. about how you claimed that you were accident prone and said that a couple of times about about your daughter and uh, she may have fallen into some of the same uh, sim- similar traps there uh, uh, with some she stitches did. and some accidents. Yep. But something as innocent as that, and maybe even as playful as that, and maybe mm-hmm. not meaning anything by that, mm-hmm. man, how the impact that that can have. And I think that's part of it is that we don't recognize the power that our words have when we speak labels or we speak words over individuals, specifically our children. I don't think we often realize that. It's true. Our words do have power. Mm-hmm. Scripture says life and death are in the power of the tongue. You know, and I think there, there's this spiritual world around us, in us, working around us all the time. And I think uh, there's a good spirit, the Holy Spirit, and there's <laughs> a lot of bad spirits, demonic spirits. Right. They're moving and they're, they're attacking us. We're in a spiritual warfare. And I think our words, many times, I know they do, they invite things, spirits into our lives, you know, yep. they invite the Holy Spirit in. When I worship, when I praise, when I speak God's Word, I'm inviting the Holy Spirit. When I do other things, I'm negative, when I'm critical, when I'm gossiping, when I'm bitter, when I'm prideful, mm-hmm. whatever, there's a long list. I'm inviting demonic spirits into my life. Yeah. And and some people may think this is voodoo, you know, and they don't like to talk about speaking things over people, but man, when you speak words, they, they get in our thoughts, and then they get in our minds and our self-identities and all those things, and mm-hmm. then they, they play out in our destiny if we don't capture those. Well, and I think, I think kids, like, they want their parents to be proud of them. Mm-hmm. And then if you, even if it's just offhanded, like, if you communicate, you know, you've failed in this aspect, you're a failure, or, you know, why don't you be more like your brother or be more like your sister? It's like, oh, dad doesn't think I'm good enough. And that, that's all of a sudden this weight they carry from a moment. So it's, I think it's really, really important to keep that at the forefront of parents' minds. If we could do anything in this series, one of the things we could do is help parents see that each child is an individual created by God and to nurture them towards the strengths and gifts that God has given them and not to, if we could stop one parent from saying, why can't you be like <laughs> this one? Yeah. It's just, that's an identity attack right there. It really mm-hmm. is. And, and there's often times you wish that, you know, you, you like you got this kid who's crazy and acts up all the time and then you got the compliant kid over here, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the, you're really tempted to say, if they could just be like this one, <laughs> right. you're tempted to say that because there are traits in this one that you'd like them to have. Um, but that's just destructive, yeah. you know. It, it, the comparison game is something I think we all fight a lot and we certainly don't need to start our children down that trail early on. You made the comment, uh, don't identify your children by their struggles, but identify them uh, by, by their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I thought that was just a, such a powerful moment for so many of us because when I think about it, just individually, personally, we have a tendency, and I have a tendency, to focus more on my weaknesses than I do my strengths. And then when I see my kids struggling in an area, I just want to spend time and energy helping them to uh, overcome that weakness, overcome that struggle, rather than really celebrating the shrinks that they have. And you said, listen, if your kid's got three weaknesses, 
and they got one strength. Spend more time talking about that strength than you do uh, than you do the weaknesses. Let them know, it, celebrate those strengths right there. I mean, I just thought that, that was just a powerful moment for me. I went through this one time with a, I can't remember, a teacher. Someone talked to me this way, and I'll share with you what they said. They said, as a pastor, you let's say as a pastor, you you need to have a certain number of gifts, you know. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a communicator. Let's say you're a, a shepherd who goes to the hospital. Let's say you're an administrator. Let's say you've got a financial mind. Let's say you're a dreamer and a strategist. He asked us to go through and grade ourselves one to ten on what our strengths were, right? And uh, this could apply to any career, ministry, or, or just life in general, I think. Go through your gifts and weaknesses and what are you one to ten on? And so he said, as a communicator, where are you? And everybody put a number. As an administrator, where are you? As a shepherd, where are you? As a people person, whatever it is. And uh, he said, uh, what are your, we, we all talked about what our top ones were and our bottom ones were. And he said, okay, what do we need to work on? And most of us said, let's get with those threes, those things that are a three and those abilities, and let's try to raise them up to a five. And he said, absolute garbage, don't do it. <laughs> he said, what you need to work on is the things you're already an eight in. Mm -hmm. Because if you're an eight, you've got the potential of being a 10 in that. Is that making sense? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, if you're a three in this area, you can work half your life and you probably aren't going to get above five. He said, get a hold of that strength and that one thing you're an eight in, if you get it to 10, will take you farther than all the rest. Yeah. Don't That's waste good. your time trying to raise the level of something that you just don't have. That's good. And that helped me a lot. I, I don't think that's an invitation to ignore our weaknesses and ignore those. Yeah. Sometimes there's areas that need to be shored up sure. that we need work with. But I think, uh, I hope this helps. Yep. I hope it applies yep. in ministry or anything. Instead of me trying to figure out how I can take this area of my life from a three to a five, I'd be better off to get someone in my life or on my team that's an eight already mm -hmm. at that. That's good. And so in that way, not always working on their weaknesses, but inspiring their strengths. Yeah. I do believe when you get someone focused on their strengths and what they're called to do, that will start overshadowing everything they're weak at. I think a lot of times too, people I'm thinking about my kids and friends, children, and people who are I know that are going through identity stuff. Like a lot of times, it's it's connected to them really trying to be better at something that they weren't ever called to be a part of. Does that make sense? Like they're yep. they're not focusing on what they already walk in and that they're good at. They're focusing on all the things that make them feel less than. Yeah. And they they try to be better at those things. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like. Hey, maybe just stop focusing on that. <laughs> it goes back to the old stereotypes thing that we talked about last week. Stereotypes will say you're supposed to be good at this mm -hmm. because if you're actually this, you're supposed to be good at right. this. And so you'll try to strive to be something that you're not, you know. Yeah. Some kids are just not going to be good at sports. They're going to try hard, but they're just not going to be good at sports. Right. Don't force them into being good at sports. You know, some people are creatives. They're going to be good at music or art, or something like that. <coughs> Let them shine in the giftings that God has given them. Let them go there, and don't try to force them into anything else. That's really good. That might be one of the most powerful things I think my dad did for us is growing up. He was, I mean, 
football player, quarterback on the high school team kind of guy. And that was none of his kids. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he always came and joined us in our thing. Mm. Um, and I think that was probably, when I look back at life, probably one of the most powerful things he could have done for me as a dad is just mm. he was with me in what I was doing. That's awesome. Yeah. I see these kids sometime that um, I'm thinking of a lot of young men specifically right now just in my mind who who dads just did not have an affinity for the things they did. Mm -hmm. You know, there's tons of that out there, and your, your illustration is pretty classic of what it would be. And, and some dads just don't know how to relate to somebody who didn't do all the things and like all the things they did as a kid. But as a parent, it's important to understand that sometimes God will give you a kid that's just not like you at all. Mm -hmm. And you got to encourage them to be them, not them to be you. Yeah. That's a great testimony. Your dad did a good job. It goes back to that line that you said last week, which still rings rings out is different is not defective. It's not. It's not. God's <laughs> I mean, made us all. There's a great diversity and yeah. a great uh, variety of people and personalities and talents, and they're all needed. Different is not defective. That's really good. Yeah. So, I guess really switching switching hard hard here, but you kind of going back to the Jacob story. Um, mm -hmm. So he goes through. You know, he's he's living up to his name. He got he got the name uh, deceiver, heel grabber, and so he's living up to it. Uh, he deceives his brother out of uh, you know out of his birthright. He deceives his father out of getting the blessing that was a promise to Esau. And then he lives the rest of his life kind of in this same mode of looking over his shoulder but still being this deceiver until he comes to the place where his brother's out for him. He hears his brother's coming, coming out to get him, and he has this moment of where he is wrestling. He sends everybody away, sends his family away, and he comes to this moment where he's all alone. He's at this place, and he ends up wrestling with God. And you, you, you made, the, made the statement to us that, man, all of us have got to come to this place where we are willing to wrestle with God um, to be able to get what He has to get what He has for us, um, man. That is that just felt so so true. Maybe I guess every generation says that, but it feels like that is so true right now for uh, for the world that we Huge. live in right now. That we've got to come to the place where we block out everything else, block out all the labels that have ever been set against us, and we come to a place where we're willing to wrestle with God and ask Him, "Who do you say that I am?" You got this young man. His identity is Israel. Mm -hmm. God spoke that over his life. He was 97 years old when he heard that from God mm -hmm. for the first time. I presume for the first time. It's such a tragedy to me of his life that it took 97 years for him to find out that I'm Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, that was his name. He was labeled as Jacob, deceiver. And he lived 97 years under that identity. And he deceived again and again and again. Deceived his brother out of his birthright. Tried to dress up and be his brother. Boy, if that's not a picture of dysfunction right there. He's trying to be his brother in order to get his father's blessing. You know, And he's dressing up and putting skins on to try to be somebody he's not in order to enter into his destiny. You know, mm -hmm. what a picture that is. And then... That that action right there, trying to be Esau, just blew the whole family up. It blew them up. They're totally gone everywhere. Esau's trying to kill him. He's running. He doesn't see his parents again. He's gone. Uh, he lives on the run from that event for 70 years, maybe. Hmm. 
And then he comes to this place where it's time to deal with it. Yeah. And I'm so thankful he came to that place. And I'm so thankful God brings us to those places yep. that, that we say, hey, it's time. The thing that struck me yesterday, and this really didn't hit me until the last time I preached this message, and it's not online, it's not on anywhere, the 1130 services came to me. And uh, it's just amazing how God does that. This is probably a good ad for the 1130 service. The guy's <laughs> going to get it right by the fourth time. But this hit me right in the middle, and it just kind of popped out of my mouth that uh, he, was, he was in this battle, and Esau was coming. He really thought he was going to wrestle Esau. Mm-hmm. That's his first thought. Then he wrestles this man, and we talk about him wrestling with God. The reality is he was wrestling with Jacob. Mm. That's the reality here. Yep. Israel was wrestling Jacob, mm. and God's just in there fighting for the Israel. You know? Wow. Um, I often think about this. He's sitting there by the campfire. This is how I picture it. Jacob, Israel, is sitting there by the campfire, and all of a sudden somebody jumps over a log and throws him to the ground. Thinking, Jesus picked this fight. You know? <laughs> right. Jesus picked it. Jesus started it. Jesus wrestled him. You know? And it almost, if you read it, it almost seems like he wore the Lord out. He didn't, obviously. Yeah. I think God lets us wrestle with him sometimes, and he'll wrestle with us. And he had to get Jacob to a place of of complete surrender. And I think the wrestling was that. I think Jacob, we might need to just do another week and just talk <laughs> about this wrestling match. I think in this wrestling match, when you see him coming to the place of saying, I won't let you go unless you bless me, that's the place where God can work in your life. When you get to the end of everything else, the end of your strength, sick of your struggle, you say, God, speak to me. God, bless me. I think Jesus wrestled him to help him get to the end of himself. And when he finally did, Jesus said, okay, what's your name? And he drew the battle lines as clearly as they've ever been drawn. What's your name? Jacob. No, it's not. Yeah. Here it is. It's Israel. It's interesting to me that there's two big cruxes, it feels like, at, towards this story, and they all revolve around a blessing. The verse when he goes to his dad, mm -hmm. trying to pretend to be somebody else, right? so that he can get the brother's blessing. and that, But trying to pretend to be somebody else, getting the blessing that wasn't intended for him, destroys the family and causes them to go on the run. Mm -hmm. And then this wrestling match with God, I'm not letting go until, until you bless me, revolves around now him being honest about who am I really. That's really good. Um, really good. I went, back, I went back and read it to make sure that I didn't misquote it. But when Jacob walks into the room dressed up like Esau, it is... His dad asked him, who are you? He says, I'm Esau. Now come back to the wrestling match with God. Who are you? Man, i got to go back and re-preach this thing. <laughs> Give me some good stuff. I shouldn't let you have that one. No, I, I just, you were preaching it yesterday. And it, so and did he actually, me. in the, I have to go back and look. Does yeah. he actually say, I'm Esau? He says, I'm Esau. He says, I'm mm. your son Esau. So he had to come to a place of, that's cool, because it's like his father asked him, who are you? Yeah. And then his... Heavenly Father yes. said, who are you? And yes. He admitted it, and then he really got blessed. Mm -hmm. That's good That's stuff. a blessing that was intended for him, not for somebody else. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that. It, good job. No, it hit me yesterday <laughs> as you were preaching. It hit you well. Why didn't you scream it out? I could have jumped. Because <laughs> it could have been the fourth time that you were preaching it that I finally <laughs> it heard like it. like revelation <laughs> was in the room that last service yesterday. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a powerful story. There's it so is. much there to glean. The, the, I think the ultimate, the bottom line of it all is, is God, God tells you who you are if Bingo. you'll listen. Bingo. If you'll listen, He'll tell you who you are. And all the other stuff is noise mm -hmm. and deception and confusion and ultimate heartache. Mm. You know, ultimate heartache. Uh, my heart bleeds for these people, and I have such compassion over people that struggle with this. I'm not showing compassion to the devil, but I'll show compassion to them. Sure. But I want to fight the devil that's messing with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just confusing them and causing them to make decisions about their lives that's really hard to reverse and uh, storing up brokenness for their future. You know, I don't have to ever have everybody believe what I believe or I want them to know Jesus. Everybody doesn't have to come to Upward. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have to see the world just like I, I want them to find Jesus. I want them to find peace, healing, and wholeness. And that's what this whole deal's about. Yep. It really is. So that's good. Anybody listening to this that's ticked off at us or thinks we're being jerks, uh, you know, that's not our heart. It may land that way on some people, but that's not our heart. Our hearts don't want them to find Him and to find peace. You know. I think that's good. Thanks, guys. Yeah. It's been good. Really good. Been good. We'll see yep. you next time. We'll be there. See you.